Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Their story was so painful, I could feel you, the viewers, hearts aching along with my own with each minute that passed. This is seven-year-old Chris in my arms on a show that we did about four years ago regarding children and divorce. What I learned from Chris and his sister Daisy that day broke me wide open on what it means to be a child of divorce. Those two brave little souls taught me about the untold damage being done to millions of children going through divorce with their parents. I thought this was groundbreaking. So what happened when they were married? They were nice. They were, like, nice and everything. And then they, she started to cheat on him and everything. So you're, yeah, how are you feeling then? You're mm. feeling pretty... I was yeah. feeling really sad and very, very mad. Mad about what? Uh, I don't want her to have a boyfriend because she was already married. It's not right to be with another person mm -hmm. when you're married. What's making you sad now? What are you thinking about? About this one day once we went to Daddyland. Yeah, and what happens to you? <laughs> My muscle went away, and I don't want it to go away. Tell me, Crystal. Tell me. Tell me about that. Tell me that what what you really what you really wish your mom would do. Be mother, nice. Be a nice mother and a very good mother. And never have a boyfriend again. Now we're all crying, but <laughs> it's okay. That was really brave of you. Wasn't that brave of him, audience? 
so many of you told us that that show was also an awakening for you to begin to tell your children the truth. Daisy is now 15 years old and a freshman in high school. Chris is 10 and a fifth grader. They are back with their father, Jim. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. What we've learned is that this conversation doesn't end. It only gets harder. So we asked Gary Newman, who I believe is just one of the best psychotherapists in the world for children, to spend some time with Chris and Daisy earlier this week. So you remember the last time we were here? You were much younger. Yeah. Right? At that time, I think your mom had, uh, wasn't, wasn't in your life much. No, still isn't. When's the last time you've seen her? Like five to six years ago. Wow. It's kind of unbearable sometimes. Yeah. This is your mom, right? You know, you hope that at some point she'd come around and something would change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can see her again and talk to her. Yeah. No, it doesn't go away so easy like people think. You know? What's it make you feel when you see other mothers around? It just makes me feel like that kid has a great life. Mm -hmm. Do you know any other kids in, in your life that don't have their moms around? Um, I know some of them at my school. That don't have their moms? Mm -hmm. Okay. Only their dads. Mm -hmm. okay. So you're not alone? All right. You know, it helps you understand that it's not you, although you know it's not you, obviously, but there are other kids who... Share know, the same feelings. Share the same feelings, the same problems, and other moms, unfortunately, who do these wrong things and, you know, don't care for the people that they should care for, you know? I have, like, my best friends. I look as to their moms as my own and they're always there for me, and I can trust them. Good. So you've developed some standard moms, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> it goes to show you that family is not just about biology. There are people that can be like your family who, whether they're related by blood or not, they can still be such close, wonderful people in your life, you know? What will Daisy be if I come back and we see it 10 years from now? I'm going to learn from her mistakes and say, I don't want to do what she did. 
If I, when I have kids, I'm not gonna leave them. Even if we get a divorce, I'm not gonna leave them there to suffer. I know how that feels. And I'm gonna be there for them. How will you be there for them? I'm gonna be there for their birthdays. Yeah. And I'm gonna be there to take them on the weekend, so it's my turn to take them. I'm gonna, if, and if I'm the one that's paying the child support, I'm gonna pay it on time and do what I need to do. And I believe you, I think you will be there for them. I know you will be. What do you think, Chris? Do you think mom loves you? Kind of. And do you think, do you think you should be liked? Yes. Do you have to do anything to get dad to love you? No. You just have to be yourselves, right? So he'll, he'll be there for you no matter what? Yep. So even though your mom's not there. I still have my dad. Yeah. Well, Jim is Chris and Daisy's dad. Um, thank you for being here again with your family. You're welcome. How does it feel to you to see your children still struggling and having such a hard time? It hurts. Mm -hmm. Do you all talk about this at all? Do you talk about the loss of their mom, their mom walking out? Not, not that often. Yeah. I know, Gary, one of the things you say is that Jim is like a lot of single dads and single moms, not knowing, first of all, what to say or how to say it. Sure. And one of the things that parents make the mistake of saying is they say, if you have a problem, come talk to me. Mm -hmm. you know, and in the history of humankind, we've never had a kid come back for that. So the idea is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The point is, is you know how your children feel. Initiate the conversation. You go to them and say, hey, listen, guys, I know it's been tough. Mom's not here. I know it's kind of sad. You know, what's up? They just need to know that you want to hear about it, and you're not going to lecture them. You're just going to live and love it with them. You don't have to have that perfect right answer. Jim, do you see the effects of not having a mother on your children, and in particularly your daughter? Yes. Yes, I do. I, How so? It's the things that she's going through, the changes, the, the answers that I don't have for her mm -hmm. because I don't understand them. And that's my biggest thing. I don't. Mm -hmm. well, well, I thought what you said, Gary, is so crucial, that family is not necessarily biological, uh, that oftentimes you can bring together your tribe, your family, other people who you know who care about you. You know, I always think if you have people who are there who are willing to support and care for you, that that is your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Daisy, I know that you're having a hard time. And uh, what do you think you need to help you heal? Well, I like to help me heal through this. I need a woman there for me and I have plenty of them there for me to help me through what I need mm -hmm. that my dad can't help me through. And I have wonderful ladies mm -hmm. to do that mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing you think we need to know to help people get, help children in particular get through their pain? Yeah, the one absolute about childhood is children are not okay until they are heard. It is when you are heard and listened to, that gives a child a value that you cannot get. You can't give that to them any other way. So that's why when we go through divorce or we have our issues, look, it's nice to say every kid should have two parents. Okay, maybe, you mm -hmm. know, but if you have one parent, you can't control the other parent. You can control yourself. If you listen and you hear and love 
that kid, you are enough. You and every single parent out there, you are enough to set your child up for love for the rest of their lives. Yeah. What's been the hardest part for you today, Chris? Um, today, I don't really know. I haven't thought about it. The hardest mm -hmm. part would be probably getting in the show in front of all these people. Yeah. <laughs>What's it like to be hurt? I mean, what's it like to feel hurt when she says, I'm going to meet you? And she doesn't. And she doesn't. I mean, it that's... It makes me feel sad and everything. Like, I try to, like, put perfume on so she'll think I smell pretty, and then I try to, like, put little lipstick on. Not, like, dark lipstick, but light lipstick. So then she'll think I look pretty, too. Because <laughs> if you do that... She might come back. I try, and I try, and I keep feeling. Do you think there's anything you could have done about it, Chris? I used to go on my knees and get with puppy eyes, and it used to work this time it didn't work. Oh, man. Feel like you couldn't make it, couldn't make her stick around, huh? I got enough money to buy a, a, um, a fake ring, like a fiddle finger. You thought maybe if you bought her the ring, maybe she'd stay? Did you ever buy the ring? Yeah, but she didn't want it, and it didn't make her come back. <laughs> it's okay. Didn't make her come back. That moment stayed with me. I know it affected you all the same. Um, Chris and Daisy were the first children I'd ever heard speak with such uh, truth about the pain of divorce, and they are back with uh, their father, Jim, today. Jim has been raising Chris and Daisy on his own and says he just wants closure for the children. Therapist uh, Gary Newman, uh, who I believe is spot on with his advice for families dealing with divorce, talked to Jim last week. Let's look at this. Would you be surprised if they cried a lot here today with me? Would that be a little surprising to you? I got a feeling there's a lot of stuff built up inside them. Do you feel kind of responsible? Yeah. It just, uh, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. I, I would hate to be in their shoes growing up mm -hmm. without a mom. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel guilty and bad as a father because you can sit down with them and say to them, tell me about how you're feeling about mom and have them cry a lot and say, oh my gosh, she's 15 and she's still crying. No, you know, no, and Chris is 20, and he's still... Right. It's okay. You know, it's, right. it's, it's all right. It's especially all right when they can cry about it to you. And they're not going to cry every day about it. But it will affect them for the rest of their lives, but it doesn't have to affect them badly or horribly. I think that's where my, my personal closure will be when I know they're not hurting inside no more mm -hmm. because of the divorce. I always think you think of resolution as just lightness and everybody just finally we got it all worked out. And I think the idea of closure as far as you understanding them and them talking to you more makes a lot of sense. When you say the closure of them not hurting anymore about this, I, I think you're, you're setting your goals too high. Why? 
because we've seen, no matter what the situation, a divorce is like a death, the whole family. You know, your kids don't think I got a mother and a father, separate people came together. They see one big marital parent group. So it's literally like they're feeling like pieces of them are being torn apart. And then when parents either abandon or they're fighting with each other, it, it, it takes away from their value. So we change that by giving them back their value, by listening and caring for them. So the, the, the takeaway is that you can begin through validation and love and connection mm -hmm. to, to, to turn this around. Yeah, because we're all, we all are centered. We're all looking for love. You know, all of us need that kind of love and value coming to us. So we're like a sponge as kids. Whatever message you send us, we're going to believe about ourselves. What do we right, know? Right. You tell us we're great and, that's and why we're valuable, so, that's yeah. what we believe. That's why there are so many messed up people, because they got the message when they were... That you're not so valuable. Yeah. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Your final words for this family and the families watching. Sure. Every one of us, kids and adults, we all have a piece in us that wants to be mothered. We all want to be nurtured. When we don't get that, we're at risk for growing up and then finding people who are not valuing us. And we're not good to ourselves either. If you're that person, you have to change and care for yourself. Make sure you're finding people who nurture you and make sure you're nurturing yourself. You know, you guys, you've changed your lives. Your autobiographies, I think, before, the title would have been, you know, our crappy childhood divorce and difficulty with our mother, you know? But because you have this man and other people who love you, the title, that, that title's going to be a chapter, maybe even a footnote. Your title's going to be, we made it because we connected to the love of our wonderful father. That's what's going to happen to you guys. That's wonderful. Thank you. Chris, Daisy, Jim, thank you. There are a few times over the past 25 years when I can say that I witnessed a miracle on the show. This is one of those times. I believe that it was one of the single best reunions ever done in the history, not just of this show, but of television. God had a hand in this one. It's one of the bloodiest genocides in history. In just 100 days, 800,000 people were slaughtered. Men, women, and children were massacred with machetes, their bodies dumped into rivers and piled onto roads. 
During the attacks, six-year-old Clementine and her older sister Claire hid in a banana tree, listening to their grandparents' screams as their home burned to the ground. We hid in there probably 20 minutes, and everybody that went in my grandparents' house, all of them, all of them were, all of them were killed. Terrified, alone, and convinced their entire family had been murdered, the sisters spent six years in refugee camps. I keep searching to see if I'll see someone that looks like me. Then an American church brought the girls to the United States, where they were taken in by foster families. We met Clementine on The Oprah Show after she wrote an impressive essay about the book Night by Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. She said his history was a chilling reflection of her own life growing up in Rwanda. Clementine told us she knew her parents were still alive, but she had not seen them in 12 years since she and her sister fled Rwanda. This is one of my all-time favorite moments on The Oprah Show. Well, I have a letter from your parents. I have a letter from your parents. Clementine and Claire, come on up here. This is from your family in Rwanda your uh, father and your mother and your sisters and your brother, and I wanted you to read it, okay? Well, you don't have to read it right now in front of all these people. You don't have to read it right now in front of all these people because your family is here. a moment that was a moment and since that since that show Clementine and Claire's entire family have moved to the United States they are all back today stand up everybody <laughs> Clementine and Claire come on up come on up have a seat girls hi so also oh, good to see you so good to see you, really, really. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Wow, so how was your family able to move here? Well, Claire, uh, after the show, yeah. um, said, I'm going to Rwanda to bring the whole family. And I was like, are you crazy? It's gonna be really expensive. And, but like, Claire, every, every time she says she wants to do something, she definitely does it. Mm -hmm. So. All of us are here. And what does it mean to have your family living here in the United States? It's wonderful. It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. So I really thank God a lot to see my parents again. And wow. thank you a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I can say it. No, thank you. That was one of the amazing moments for me. We have thing in our house all the time. We know we can't do anything to give you anything, but we pray for you every night. Oh, Thank you for your prayers. So when Clementine arrived in America 11 years ago, she was a refugee who could barely speak English. Let's take a look at her remarkable life now. Finest week. Um, I actually didn't sleep last night because I was working on a paper. When she arrived at Yale, it was still a big transition. 
and it took enormous courage for her to come here. Uh, but she has done exceptionally well. There's challenges, sometimes very hard to have, you know, three papers all during the same week where your brain just can't think any further. But weighing with other challenges that I've had, it's nothing. I'm not thinking about what food I'm going to eat. I don't have to go fetch water. All right, this is my room. It's looking really clean right now, but it's not always like this. This is my thankful wall. I love the Rwandan baskets. Kind of reminds me of Rwanda. A picture of Ali Wiesel and I at the Holocaust Museum. And then also a picture of my family at the Oprah show. This is my pencil case. My little Yale, Yale flag, class of 2013. This is the only thing that I actually have left from Africa. <laughs> because <laughs> we lost everything. When I have a really tough day, when I just feel like I can't go to one of those papers, I always look at this little pencil case and say, Clementine, you really wanted to be in school. <laughs> so shut up and do it. <laughs> so this little pencil case always reminds me that I have to be quiet, be grateful, and do my schoolwork. <laughs> We think of how far it's come. Now I've I've come a long way. Wow. <laughs> proud of you girls. So proud of you both. So you come to this country not speaking English, and now you're at Yale. What do you want to do when you graduate? Um, well, I think I have not planned yet what I really want to do, but I'm hoping that I just work with people who really need help, mm -hmm. uh, either in Rwanda or all over in Africa, all over in mm -hmm. the world, for people who really need to be, stories to be told mm -hmm. or um, need to be recognized mm -hmm. as a human being. As human and I, I really want to do that. Well, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. I have no doubts about you. <laughs> yes, I have no doubts about you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Clementine's American foster family is also here today. Without them, all of this would not have been possible. Stand up. Stand <laughs> up. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Clementine and Claire, and your whole family, because that was a miracle moment for me and for all of us who got to watch that happen. I want to give reverence to one of the bravest mothers we ever met in a quarter of a century doing these shows. Her remarkable story created a cataclysmic shift in thinking on how people live their lives. She taught us to grab the moment, seize it, and live in it, and don't take anything for granted. When I first met Doug and Erin Cramp, 36-year-old Erin was dying of breast cancer. Her daughter, Peyton, was just six years old. What did the doctor say about how long you have to live? Mm -hmm. um, it's weekly. <laughs> Depends on what the week is. Knowing she had precious little time left on Earth, Erin came up with an everlasting idea. When she could steal some time alone, she recorded hours of deeply personal messages for Peyton, her daughter. Hi, Peyton. This is Erin, your mother. 
I've got um, a piece of paper with just topics that I'd like to talk about. So you get to know your mother and you've been on that here. So when did you decide to do this? Um, the first time that we were diagnosed with breast cancer, I immediately sat in bed before the um, surgery and thought, I have so much to tell her, I can't leave now. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out a way to get it out. So I um, immediately got up the next day and just started, I had to, I had to find a conduit. And that's so you started it. videotaping. These are things that maybe daddy can't teach you. Try to pick out makeup that makes it look natural like you're not wearing any makeup. Never get your hair cut if you're going through a difficult emotional time. When it comes to your husband, pick a very, very nice guy who has a lot of backbone. I was in awe. Erin was dying, yet she summoned the strength and foresight to see past her own pain and focus on her daughter's future. I don't know. Three hours in the middle of the night, just thinking about how much I love you. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't sleep. So finally I decided, I'm just going to get up and record how much I love Peyton more than infinity. Six months after we met Erin on the show, she lost her battle with cancer. She left behind a treasure of loving messages, hours upon hours of motherly wisdom for every milestone of her daughter's life. I'll be watching over you. I'll be with you. You'll feel me on your wedding day. Your children, your family, your husband. It's your children, baby. I'll watch over them as well. So I'm so honored to have Doug and Peyton all grown up back here today. Thank you for being here. <laughs> do you feel that she's watching over you? Do you sense that? Definitely. Mm -hmm. All the time. All the time. How often have you watched those tapes? Um, when I was younger, I watched them a lot more. And as I've gotten older, they're a lot harder to watch. Um, I have to prepare myself emotionally and just mm -hmm. isolate myself. Um, so I probably watch about once a month. Mm -hmm. Do you realize now the, the impact that she's had? I, it's, it's so much more than I ever could have imagined at the time. And you know, the people out there sharing their hearts, sharing their prayers, sharing their own challenges. And, mm -hmm. and I just thank yeah. everybody so much for but that. But do, do you, you realize that your courage and Erin's courage at that time to share that story changed the way people saw dying letting go and leaving love behind. That, that's what I thought happened during that show. Did you all feel that too, mm -hmm. audience? Eight years ago, Doug got remarried to Cheryl and they have two little boys. Peyton is now a uh, freshman at Duke University. Take a look at their lives today. This is a picture of when my mom visited Duke with me when I was four. I think she would have been really excited that I ended up going here. So this is one of my favorite videos I have with me at Duke. Um, I get to see my parents, you know, interacting, and I get to see how in love they were, and I get to see how, what our family dynamic was, just the three of us together. What are your favorite days of the week? Um, Sunday and Saturday, because I, I get to see my mom and dad the whole day. 
the more I see the tapes, I realize, wow, I had an incredible mom, and it makes me really sad because I only got to be her daughter for six years. But at the same time, I'm so thankful for all that she did. More than a thousand miles away in Dallas, Peyton's father, Doug, and her stepmom, Cheryl, are busy raising their two young sons. Brian is six, and David is five. This is most of, of Aaron's stuff um, that she made uh, really over about a period of five and a half years. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of letters that we have gotten over the years and that I've gotten even after she died of people and support. I mean, there's just a lot of pain out there. I mean, just, you know, yearning for the type of thing, the, the, the gift that, that Aaron gave Peyton. It's funny. It kind of comes in waves. It's been a long time. And I, I feel her. I feel her at different times and different things. And she's just in my heart. And she'll always be there. And is there still a hole? Absolutely, there's a hole. There'll always be a hole. But I just think she was peaceful, confident to the very end. And I'm telling you, the last minutes of her life were glorious. She was so strong and so at peace. And I think that's part of her legacy is to have a sense of urgency about your life. Live each minute to the fullest. You don't know how much time you have. So Doug's wife and Peyton's stepmom, Cheryl, is also here. How's it been for you to join this family? It was definitely a transition, but I would say probably the most, I mean, glorious thing is that um, Doug and Peyton both embraced me and loved me, I mean, from the very get-go. Mm -hmm. um, I never really felt like I was necessarily replacing Erin or um, filling her shoes, but I was to walk in my own shoes and I was to be me. And the only way I really did that well was um, through my faith in Christ mm -hmm. and um, just my confidence in, in myself. And so when God. you see him even now have that moment on tape and, mm -hmm. you know, shed tears and say, yes, there was a hole. There, is there a part of you that feels like, well, I should be able to fill that hole? Is there a part of you that feels what when you right. see that? Yes and no. I mean, uh -huh. I mean, yes in the sense that I think any wife or woman wants to be everything mm -hmm. to her husband. And then know that it's crazy to think that he didn't have um, a past life and a marriage that was wonderful and everything that he went through um, with Aaron, especially the dying and the daughter and all of that made him really what I wanted in a man. Mm -hmm. um, he was strong, he was committed, um, just hugely loving. I got a picture of what he would be like as a father. Mm -hmm. I got a picture of what he would be like if something happened to me. He mm -hmm. wasn't gonna be a man that ran away or he was so committed. And mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting because one of the tapes I recall, your mom was saying, you know, dad, your mom was talking about Doug moving on in life and finding somebody else to love. Did you ever look at that tape? Yes, yes. Uh, there's a videotape and there's an audio tape of that. Mm -hmm. And she really embraced it and she really encouraged me to be okay with, you know, new mom. When daddy him. found someone else. Yeah, and she wanted, um, female figure in my life. She wanted someone I could go to and yeah. 
um, that was really comforting to I have. thought that was so gracious and generous of her. What did you think, oh, Doug, when you... I mean, to have that permission as a, to, to as a husband on. to move on and not just move on, but to go and to be embraced and, and with her heart, she was praying for my new wife. While she was alive, she was praying for my new wife and to, to have that was a huge release for me. Yeah, I think exactly. that's such a gift. A week before her death, Erin recorded one last goodbye on audio tape that Doug has never released before and he graciously uh, felt that now was the time that it was right. So let's listen to Erin. It's been an incredible journey. A journey filled with love and discovery, growth, intimacy. One that I would trade for nothing in the world. This journey could not be purchased, but only experienced. I'm thrilled and honored to have had the opportunity to take this journey and live through it. I have one request, and that is to be remembered. I am eternally grateful, and hopefully, when I reach heaven, I will be there to greet each one of you with the love and the light that you've given me. For I want to make your transition to the afterlife as easy as you have made it for me. The spirit called Jesus was able to give me unconditional strength, unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, and unconditional life. I wish everyone that hears this the same love, and light, and inner peace that was given to me. I'm forever grateful for every soul that hears this, that has helped us so much along our journey. Doug and I, and Peyton, hope that we can be there for each of you along your journeys. For in our position, we've been only allowed to take and not give near the amount of giving that we've received. We are forever grateful, and we forever love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.